everybody. My name is Gabe, and I'm Matt, and welcome to another episode of the Tentacle Bot Podcast. And this week, we are going to be taking a little bit of a break from the uh, from the death and the metal and the death metals, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try on something new. Matt, why don't you go ahead and bring us some what Absolutely. we're talking about today? So today, we're actually going to be talking about the record titled "Requiem" by Corn. Um, who is Corn, by the way? Corn uh, is going to be Jonathan Davis on lead vocals as well as bagpipes, programming, and that's it. Uh, we've got James Monkey Schaefer on guitar and backing vocals. We've got Reginald Fieldy Arvizu. Yes. Um, and then he's on bass, and I'm also seeing a note here on hiatus. Yeah, he uh, took a hiatus this year. I'm not certain if he's credited on the album. Um, but I do know that on tour currently, Rod Diaz of Suicidal Tendencies is filling in for him. Okay, um, and that's actually good to know. Um, we've also got Brian Head Welch, who is on guitar and backing vocals. You might know that name from our previous episode from a long while ago. Love and Death. Yeah, buddy. And then Ray Lazier on drums. Uh, the Requiem album was dropped on the... Fourth of Fourth. February. Yes. Um. And did you by chance get a record label for I that? Did. I got kind of weird an- like answers for my. It was uh, released on Loma Vista Recordings. Okay. Perfect. At and least that's what a uh, enemy has. <clears throat> okay. And that's perfectly fine. And we'll honestly just kind of jump into our first thoughts and um. Gabe, I'll actually kind of let you take this over. Yeah, so uh, Matt and I are going to have really differing views on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that for a fact. So I, I've been a fan of Corn for a long time. Um, I got really into them, I don't know, some point in my youth, like every kid does. Sounds about um, right. This one here, if you go into it expecting Corn, you're going to be, I don't want to say disappointed, but you're going to be kind of shaken. Um, so uh, when they released uh, The Nothing in, I think it was 2019, that was the darkest record they've ever done. Right. Um, it, it was just hot off the tails of uh, Jonathan Davis losing his, I believe it was his mother and his ex-wife. Jeez. Um, so obviously he's pouring himself into that record. Mm-hmm. And so this record was kind of their quote-unquote happy record. Yeah. And uh, it, it's still really dark. Yeah. <laughs> but that being said, like there's actually more hope in this record than we've really ever seen in a corn record before. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of uh, interesting to see for sure. Um, but it, it, it definitely, I wouldn't call it a concept record, but I would call it a change of pace for them. That would be the better way to put it. Like that, if, if you go yeah, into that's this... That's a good way to describe it. If you go into this expecting follow the leader or expecting their uh, self-titled... Uh, you're not going to find it here. Yeah. Um, and just as Gabe said, is very differing views uh, on this one, just as a spoiler alert, is the first time I listened to this record is I, I did that ew face. I just listened to it, and I, I really did go in expecting uh, Old Corn just because that's really what I was most, and what I knew most of them. And I just felt like I was being let down. Um, and that that will kind of segue right into the musical review, is what it sounds like is kind of, it almost feels like a dad rock band who's trying to incorporate corn elements, and that's just kind of how it feels at face value. It's definitely a lot more of the up-tempo. It's not as drudgy and chuggy as a lot of the older material by them, but there are flashes of like, hey, there's old corn that's kind of sprinkled through and it's kind of a brings a little bit of a smile to the face just knowing that that's at least present on the record. Yeah, um my my main notes here is it 
like none of them sound bad. Mm-hmm. They all sound like they did. I mean, like Jonathan Davis sounds the same really as he did back mm-hmm. in 1993. Yeah, just more refined as we would expect. And, and same thing with with Monkey Head. Like all of those guys. Like none of them really feel like they're faltering any. Um, they've obviously Corn's kind of. I would dare say that they've gone the Metallica route mm-hmm. for their for their realm. Like they have branched off and done weird things. Yeah. Like we have Metallica's Lulu and Saint Anger and Re- was it Reload that was the bad one or? Uh, I, Load and Reload are kind of kind of bundled together for the the same reason, just because they're kind of similar gimmicks. Yeah. So like they had those kind of weird things. Corn has albums like this. They have. Uh, uh, what was the the weird dubstep album they did? I know exactly which one uh, you're talking about because it was like 2014 era. Yeah, it was like totality of something. I, I don't remember. That's an era of corn. I prefer to stay away from. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> so like we we get all these kind of different eras of them, but it's still at the same time like they still hold true to what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't feel like we really lose a lot of them. And fortunately, they don't have Lars. So obviously they're going to be a good band. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, overall, like I, I feel like musically, this was a cool explorative space for them, while mm-hmm. still maintaining the elements that Corn has had throughout the thirty years uh, that they're almost about to hit. Which is kind of bonkers. Oh, it, it's about. it's super bonkers. I mean, like that, that's just. I mean, that's older than both of us. Yeah, they're, they're new metal, but they're really old. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I feel like there's a joke to be made there, but uh, before I try to you know actually come up with a joke, let's just jump right into the lyrical review, which if you don't mind, I'll kind of just jump Go in. For it. it feels very therapeutic. Um, I can definitely see the kind of happy spots. So like just the chorus of "Let the dark do the rest" is had a hell of a time. I'm suffering in God. My life was a mess, and I will never forget it haunting it. Let the dark do the rest. I thought there was potentially a uh, an error with the lyrics there, but <laughs> like just in that piece is it's very much an acknowledging of like you know potential past drug use, which a few of the members have gone to rehab for. Uh, most notably, uh, Head uh, being one of the the folks, and then just looking through the the rest of the lyrics is there's a lot of darkness about it so like just the the first verse of that same song is i don't feel anything do you the itch inside i cannot find a spark in the dark that will tear me up inside it's not right and then we go down to a couple lines later where it's portraits of black hang inside me quite divine they pulse inside so it it just really a, a good way to explain like there is this entity kind of hanging over me and it's just kind of essentially the past and it, it just feels like they've kind of come to terms with what's happened before and just trying to move on from from that. Yeah, and, and that's really noticeable. Like in songs like uh, Start the Healing, which is one of the lead singles. I think it's the first single that came off this album. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, uh, I, I should have been good. I should have been down. I couldn't let go. What could I do? I can't take it all away. The feelings break apart the pain and start the healing. Like that was kind of really the the flagship of this record mm-hmm. where it's okay. I'm kind of letting all these things like, yeah, the darkness is still going to be there. It's still going to be a part of me, but I'm able to allow it to transform me into what I need to be. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I feel like that's really the message behind this album. And even head was uh, explaining in an interview to Apple music. Uh, I believe it's Apple music. Um, no, sorry. Metal hammer. Uh, he was saying that 
the nothing was a very personal record for Jonathan, obviously, uh, mm-hmm. with everything going on in his life. But um, right. it's a very, 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 very heavy record. But you can't stay in that heaviness forever, you know. So you got to move on. You got to grow, and you got to heal. Requiem feels not as heavy subject-wise, and I like that. I'm very happy with the new record being more light, you know, and more vulnerable. Yeah, and I, I feel like that doesn't that that can't really put the record better. Mm-hmm. That and that and that's a perfect way to describe it. Yeah. Uh, before we jump into the uh, track by track analysis on this one, uh, we do want to take a moment to uh, talk about the album cover. This one's whack. <laughs> it's it was weird. So uh, we have a face of a baby. Now imagine a baby is made of the same stuff that stress balls are made of. Yeah. And then imagine a hand coming up and squeezing the top of that baby's face. That's basically this album cover. Um, in the bottom uh, right corner, we have Requiem, uh, the album title, and just kind of like a, a gothic font. And then we have the corn logo kind of um, shadowed uh, across the uh, the album cover. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I don't. I don't really know how to interpret this. Corn has always had kind of weird album covers. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I've always liked them. Um, I feel like that's just the edgy teenager in me. That's yeah. <laughs> and honestly, like I kind of looked at it and trying trying to see if I can break it down to like a. a similarity to or kind of tying it into the record i really can't find any sort of relation it's just kind of like you know it's kind of one of those album covers where it's just like it's the album cover like there's there's Mm -hmm. nothing else really to it kind of thing yeah exactly but um i I do recommend taking a look at this one just because it is hard to explain but uh I, i feel like it gets the album across yeah no for sure uh, from there, though, we're going to go ahead and jump into the track-by-track uh, track on this one. Uh, so first off, the record kicks off with Forgotten. And before we do jump into that, this is also a very short record. It comes in just about 33 minutes. Uh, yeah, it, it was very short. It was really short. Yeah, I was I was quite surprised. Like, um, I was okay with it, especially with a lot of the longer albums that we've been dealing with recently. And it was yeah. just kind of nice to just kind of Rather move through fresh it. fresh air, really. Yeah, but... Um, yeah, so we'll go ahead and jump into the first track, which is uh, Forgotten, which I believe was the second track, uh, or the second single that was released off of this album. And uh, Matt, why don't you give, give me your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. So this one, um, it, w- it was very much a shock when I listened to this, and it wasn't just the same corn that I have kind of grew up with, even though my, my exposure was pretty limited. I, th- this, I, it really quickly, I made made the face of, disgust uh, just not be, because I wasn't really into it it's definitely got aspects of it where you know this the song's got a catchy chorus it, it grooves just fine but it's not anything like overly groovy if you will um just kind of for lack of a better way of saying it I kind of forget it so I disagree with you uh, I think it was a good and, and again before people start going and giving us bad reviews because Matt has a bad take on music. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, the, the, obviously, this is all very opinion-based, but uh, Matt went into this with a very um, limited... I, 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 I like, And I'm not trying to downplay you. I'm, yeah. I'm just trying to say that you had a, a limited view of what Korn was. Yeah, no, and, and, and I, you know, I, I want, definitely want to try and, try and make that as apparent as possible is, like, I... 
I've known a lot of their big songs over the years. Like I've listened to them on our, the local rock radio. Um, I had actually had the chance to see Korn live when they were on the 2014 metal, or I'm sorry, the Mayhem Festival tour. Mm-hmm. So I got to at least see them. I got to experience what their live show was. It's just even at the time when I was seeing them at, then is I still wasn't overly exposed to them. I was going solely based off of the small exposure that I had throughout my life. Yeah. So just, yeah, again, just as a preface. And so with that preface, my preface is I have an extensive history yes. with Korn. <laughs> uh, and mul- listen to the albums multiple times across the board. They're just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, so that being said, I found this a lot less forgettable. Um, I, I thought it was a good opener to the album. It really kind of showcased what we're going to be anticipating in the album. And it, Showed that this wasn't going to be anything like the nothing was, mm-hmm. and I mean realistically, like this wasn't anything like any of the previous stuff that they yeah. had done. That this really kind of just was them. I don't know. I don't know that I want to use turning over a new rock, but I feel like looking under a rock would be yeah. the better way to put it. That they were just kind of exploring and seeing what's underneath there. They're not really straying away from what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, ki- they're kind of bringing bringing something new into what what is the corn entity exactly so th- this one does kick off it, it is a little bit slower and it's kind of more of a slow burn song um r- as most of the album is that being said though i feel like it sets the tone for the album appropriately mm-hmm. yeah no and that's a good way to put it following up is let the dark do the rest and um i'll just kind of kick this off mm-hmm. This one may end up being my favorite song. Um, this is the one that just really stuck out the most. Um, the, my second favorite is going to be towards the uh, end of the record, but the the chorus is really catchy. The way that it's presented by Jonathan Davis is really good. Um, it kind of continues a little bit of the dad rock-ish um, kind of instrumentals that we've kind of been seeing. It did Again, it didn't have that like very drudgy sound that that corn has had before but it was kind of it, it was pleasant is a good way to put it yeah i i really like this one as well um it, it probably comes in at number two for me okay uh it just after forgotten forgotten was kind of like the um your first course in a three-course dinner mm-hmm. uh where it kind of just like prefaces you get you ready expecting what's to come right and then uh dark is uh let the dark do the rest it just kind of really like helps solidify what what you have going mm-hmm. on inside of you um so i i really do like this song the uh the post chorus the sick sick you make me sick sick you make me sick guys mm-hmm. I, th- I thought that was just really well delivered and it just kind of goes to show that jonathan davis over the past 30 years has not lost the bite in his voice yeah and I love it. Yeah, and I, I've always loved Jonathan Davis' voice. Davis's voice, and it's nice to to hear that he he does have the ability to do both the the more aggressive styled stuff, but he can also do the more the more like clean, softer material. Mm-hmm. And I think this this is a good song to kind of uh, showcase that for sure. And I also come from a place. I know this is going to be an unpopular opinion, but Paradigm Shift was one of my favorite corn albums that they did okay. it's widely regarded as one of their worst <laughs> um after path to totality which was their weird dubstep one mm-hmm. that they had done and i believe if i remember correctly paradigm shift was the one that was delivered right after uh head had come back to the band oh okay and so it was i, I feel like that was the reason it was so much of a letdown for people is they were expecting again follow the leader mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, see on the other side and, and those kind of things. Yeah, and it wasn't. It was this kind of 
new hash of them. And so I feel like having that as being one of my favorite albums allows me to accept this one a little bit more. Yeah. Because I didn't have this mold of what happened in the early 90s and early 2000s. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, th- th- this song was super cool. Uh, moving on, we go into Start the Healing. Um, this one here, I don't really like that much. Mm-hmm. Um, this one felt kind of just very formulaic, cut, copy, and paste. Yeah, and I, I can definitely agree with that. I think this was this was another one of those songs, just like Let the Dark Do the Rest. It was the where the, the very much therapeutic mm-hmm. side kind of comes through. Yeah, and like, it, it is for corn, an uplifting song, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I, I mentioned the lyrics a little bit earlier in the cast, and I feel like it's good to kind of see that side of them uh, yeah. for it. And I don't see that this is a bad song to include. It's just not really one of my favorites. Yeah, and uh, it's kind of the same thing. Um, is I'm just not not overly a, a fan of it musically, or at least sound wise. But for what they're trying to portray in the song, is I can definitely respect what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't have anything further really there. Nope. Do you? So following up is going to be Lost in the Grandeur. Um, it's, it's pronounced grandeur. Is it really you, Cretan? <laughs> I, I hate the just. I hate languages. Anyway, gonna say don't say the English language. Yeah, I, al- I almost did. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> um, this one is kind of falling into a little bit of the where they kind of just start lulling into this like radio rock, and we we saw a little bit of it with the start the healing, uh, but we start to kind of see a dip where it's just kind of, everything kind of feels about the same, at least formula wise in kind of sound tempo. It's, it kind of gets lost to me. I feel that a little bit later and I'll get to that. Mm-hmm. This one here, I feel like is a little bit more catchier than how you feel on it. Um, just the, the loss in the grandeur part is kind of just one of those things that kind of just keeps replaying yeah. in my head. Like that stupid, song from the last 10 seconds of life that we talked about last week i still can't get it out of my head yeah unrelated (laughs) anyways (laughs) so it's kind of one of those like it's just kind of like a really catchy rhythmic uh hook to it Mm -hmm. um yeah i I, overall i do like this one i like the chorus on this it's helped me find my way i know this all sounds so cliche but i've done everything you say i'm so fed up with who i portray so lost in the grandeur yeah like again for corn it's a hopeful uh hopeful song and I feel like this kind of is just helping speak out to like what he's going through. Um, we also see it in the bridge where he's, I end up losing my grip, always caught up in it. The truth is all lies. It builds up inside. I hate this every day. Something painful, something grave. Can't go on living this way. I won't let you take this. Keep on trying. Mother trucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So obviously like he, he's going through some stuff, but th- this is kind of like where, uh, think the beginning of Avengers Endgame mm-hmm. where like okay now they're rebuilding they're getting through this after the events that happened in Infinity War and everybody was down and defeated and beaten yep. so like this is like obviously everything's still dark but they're starting to come out on the other side of it yeah. and, and I feel like that's really what this album is is representing and I feel like this song definitely takes that. Yeah and I, I think I think that's just a, you know it's one of the songs that really encapsulates what the, the record as a whole is trying to speak to. Exactly. Uh, moving on to track number five and going into the uh, middle of the album here, we have Disconnect. I don't really remember this one. I don't either. And honestly, like I song. just, I just listened to this on my way over here. And between the time I listened to this song and the time we actually started recording was like 15 minutes. 
Yeah, roughly. Yeah. So <laughs> it, like it, like it's just one of those songs that's just like it's there. It's musically okay. You know, it, it kind of falls into the the kind of lull that I was speaking of and it just it's forgetful unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't really have much more to say about that no. either. It just it, it really doesn't come to mind when I mm-hmm. think disconnect. Yeah. So following up is going to be hopeless and beaten. And we started to we're starting to see a little bit of things kind of coming back up. It's not quite as lulling, but it's not it's not a memorable enough song in my opinion to really like kind of bring hope in the at least and again for me opinion wise is it's not enough to like really inca- bring my attention and like oh like now we're starting to actually feel pretty good i do agree with you on this one this one bores me yeah like it just doesn't really have any substance there that makes me think i want to go back and listen to this song it just feels kind of like it was put there to, yeah to just fill. kind of as a placeholder and just kind of like to be able to fill out the record yeah and realistically like i it just kind of feels like the song drones on, mm-hmm. um, especially like in the the choruses and post choruses where it just kind of has this really open, airy kind of feel to it. Yeah, like obviously there's still the drums and the guitars going on, but it just it feels like it's missing a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, and just unfortunately that was a just, the case just with this very one. very much feels empty. Um, very much a good so. way to put it. Following up that is going to be penance to sorrow, and I think this is this is where I really start to kind of feel us get out of the lull. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, this one, this is actually one of the more old school corn songs, or at least the things that's most reminiscent of old corn. For sure, uh, th- that's really the the last three tracks kind mm-hmm. of bring it back around for that. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm definitely agreeing with you there. Uh, this one here. It's 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 a banger. I it's got a, like kind of a really nice groove to the chorus to it, uh, and then like as it just kind of goes through the bridge of the chorus and the outro of the the song, like it just it hits kind of hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I no, I hundred percent agree. Uh, after penance to sorrow, we go into my confession. Um, this one here, I remember being good. Mm-hmm. I just don't really remember much of the song. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the similar boat. There is it is. Again, kind of coming back to the old school corn sound, mm-hmm. but it's I want to be able to speak on it and be like, oh yeah, this has this element that was really cool, but at the same time it's like it's forgettable just because it's nothing almost like stuck out prominently like, okay, this is something to call out. It's just kinda of, it's there, but it's it's a decent entity. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh and then finally wrapping up the album is worst it's on its way. And uh, this one's going to be taking my favorite, which is a little interesting. I don't usually have my favorite song be the last one on the album. Yeah, this one's number two. But this one's like, it it feels like the 2021 Corn wrote one of their songs from 1993. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. It feels like very much a culmination of. A little bit of everything corn's done except for the dubstep stuff, but yeah. it's all culminated into this one piece and it's it's kind of showing like corn saying, Hey, we may have wrote a happy record, but we can still we can still get down and down and dirty. And I think that was that was a good way to close this record out just to, for the older uh corn fans to be like, Hey, they still got it a bit. And also Jonathan Davis Scats and 
Rum, dang, um, um, dang, um, um. <laughs> Everybody loves that. Exactly. Like, it's not really corn if you don't do that. No, exactly. <laughs> uh, but that is going to wrap it up for our track-by-track review on this one. Um, I am noticing here on Genius.com that there is potentially a tense song that says uh, that's called I Can't Feel. I don't know anything about this because uh, it doesn't pop up on Apple Music for me. And yeah, I don't... it didn't pop up on my side for at least the uh, looking up. And also, I'm, I'm, pull- I'm looking at the... Uh, Corn Requiem songs on Google and it's only showing tracks one through nine. So maybe yeah, I, we'll I talk no about idea. that tenth song in the future. Maybe we won't. Japanese we'll deluxe edition bonus that's, track. That's that'll there, be there, why. There's the annotation. Yep. All right. So um, yeah. So that that'll do it for our uh, our breakdown of this one here. So uh, what we'd like to do is we like, do like to rate the album on a scale of one to eight tentacles. So Matt, I'll go ahead and give it to you first on a scale of one to eight. How bad are you going to piss off our fans? Uh, probably <laughs> extremely. Um, I'm going to sit it at a two. Uh, reason being is instrumentally and vocally deliver. Let me start that sentence over. With regards to the instruments as well as vocal delivery, it was well done. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was a cleanly, uh, cleanly done. It was produced really well, so you're able to get the different elements and even just the kind of backing not really backing vocals, but backing tracks of Jonathan Davis doing some of the like spoken word and kind of singy stuff in the back. Like we've Mm -hmm. seen before, that was a really nice touch. Um, but I think it's just the record overall wasn't enough to keep my attention. And in the, in the listens that I did have, I wasn't really enjoying myself. So it's sitting at a two for me. It's, I'd probably recommend this over the last 10 seconds of life <laughs> record to anybody, but that's that's just personal. That's fair. Uh, for me, it's going to be sitting at a five because um, I, I still did enjoy the record. Mm-hmm. It does have its lower points for me, and I feel like that's what kind of keeps it from getting up into a higher ranking for me. Yeah. Um, overall, it seems to be pretty well received by uh, by critics in general. Everybody's usually giving it about like an, uh, a seven to eight out of ten. Right. On their scaling and our scaling is different because we have to be weird. <laughs> <laughs> Tentacles. But um, yeah. So I, I I did enjoy the record. I will come back to a few of the songs for sure. That's fair. Uh, Worse, it's on its way is already a part of my normal uh, listening routine at this point. Nice. Um, yeah. That that's really all I got to say on it. Yeah. But that is gonna do it for the for Requiem by Corn. And now what we like to do is we like to go ahead and move into the hidden track where we like to talk about something unrelated to this album and so uh matt why don't you go ahead and uh and give us what you got absolutely so the uh first one i wanted to talk about is the divorce prada put out some new music yeah so the song is titled watchtower and we're starting to see it feels like a divergence from the things that they've done before but at the same time is kind of taking everything and putting it all together as one entity. They put out a few months ago the song Sacrifice, and Watchtower seems to be Sacrifice, but if they decided to put steroids into it, so where the heavy (laughs) portions come in, it gets heavy, but in the softer portions where Jeremy takes over vocally, is it very much is kind of exploded. So think a little bit of how the architect's record was and how a lot of the songs felt like the chorus just could fill a room. That's kind of what this song ended up doing. So that was definitely a really, really cool, uh, cool song. I definitely plan to go back to it. Yeah. I liked the song. It was cool. Yeah, no, for sure. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about is 
Architects did some live things, and I'm actually, as we speak, trying to pull up where they had done that. It was uh, live from Abbey Road, and they did the song Impermanence. Um, I'm not sure how long of a set that they had done for this kind of special thing, but they've got an orchestra behind them with the song in it. They took the song and it very much feels reimagined but also at the same time feels very loyal to the original definitely worth checking out just to be able to hear what it was that the band had done differently but also kept the same really really neat experience uh it's probably about three three and a half to four minutes long and just definitely recommend experiencing it for just what they had done nice what you got, Chief? Uh, this week, I got two things real quick. Uh, I have the new EP from Knucklepuck, Disposable Life. I've given up on them. <laughs> that good. I'm just bored of the same thing over and over and over. Mm-hmm. I was a really big fan of their first EP and their first album. And everything since Copacetic has been bland. And this is no change in that whatsoever. Like It's not bad. But nothing about it screams I want to go back and listen to this. Yeah. So that's all I'm going to say on that. That's on uh, that. <laughs> uh, As It Is, also another pop punk band, uh, released an album uh, also on the 4th uh, called I Went to Hell and Back. Um, it's okay. Uh, as it, as it kind of goes through, it, it picks up a little bit better. Um, you can definitely hear a lot of the more pop elements uh, in, in Influence. <laughs> oh man, words are hard. Brain, brain's hear. just shutting yeah, down. Apparently, yeah. You can hear a lot more of the pop influence because um. So their first album, Never Happy Ever After, I loved it. Phenomenal album, mm-hmm. front to back. Um, they released Okay, which was pretty good. Um, uh, it, it still kind of stayed true to that pop punk. Great Depression got kind of heavy. Um, it was a lot more emo uh, than okay. pop punk really. Um, but then here with Went to Hell and Back, it just. It kind of mellows out. Um, there's still some groovy parts to it overall, though. Like I'm just, I want them to go back to more of the pop punk style. Of yeah, things. you can incorporate some of the popular stuff, but I feel like it's kind of becoming more just the Patty Walters project instead of the rest of the band. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the band's just kind of there backing him up, which happens when you have a kind of a a star front man, kind of yeah. like Patty Walters is. So. But yeah, that's just a personal thing. That's I'm sure, I'm sure other people are gonna love it, and good for them. Yeah, good for music them. Music is music is an opinion, man. Exactly. It's all groovy, man. It's all groovy, man. Uh, but that is gonna do it for us today. We do appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to us. You can find us on a variety of social medias. Matt, where they, where can they find us? You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, as well as TikTok, all at Tentaclebop. Um, and then just wherever you listen to the podcast, again, as you said, like, rate, and subscribe, whether it be on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Music, or whatever, you know, of the 10,000 that we're apparently on. Yeah, like us, give us a good rating, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> and please, please explain why you put a one-star review if you do. Yeah, exactly. You know what? I'll accept the one star if I get a reason. Exactly. <laughs> and just so you guys know is we do have some fun things coming in the future so keep an eye out for that and that's actually supposed to be starting next month oh we'll announce it next month but it, it'll it'll be coming in april for sure uh, yeah so uh keep your eyes peeled for that or your, your ears peeled but i guess kind of both especially if you follow us on our social media yeah. where we <laughs> make sure to talk about all the things coming out and thank you again so much and until the next time we'll catch you see you later.